Welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful sunny San Diego, California. It is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. Last night was the end of March Madness. We had the national championship, so I'm going to touch a little bit on that. We had a big, pretty big trade in the NFL that kind of you know, kind of hit us in mid-morning, I think mid-afternoon, not really sure. At some point yesterday, there was a big trade that happened in the NFL that kind of shook up what's going to happen in the NFL draft coming up just less than a month away. So we're going to talk about that. And Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, as well as hosting Jeopardy last night, the first Jeopardy in his two-week stint as host of Jeopardy. So while his time on Pat McAfee's show, he did you know, say have some interesting comments about his career and stuff. And, you know, and depending on how the rest of the show go, I might decide to talk about a couple other random things that, you know, popped up in the news. But, you know, we'll kind of just see how I'm feeling after a good 20 minutes of just shooting the shit and talking with you guys. So on the way to coming in to record this show, so probably about like 10, 15 minutes ago, when I was making my exit to pull off the street to kind of, you know, come into the parking lot at my work, I noticed that there were some workers on the side of the road, and it looked like they were working on something, and I wasn't really sure. I'm kind of like, you know, paying attention because I didn't want to hit them, and I noticed there was like some red kind of streaking across the asphalt, and for some reason, I don't know why I thought they were maybe chalking or like outlining something to paint, but that didn't make any sense. And, you know, while I was driving by, I realized that it was a big old blood streak across the asphalt. And I'm like, oh, shit, what got hit? And, I mean, it got answered right away. It was a huge-ass deer that must have got nailed. So, you know, over by my work up in, you know, La Jolla, there is, you know, there is, I've seen deer and I've seen coyotes, you know, when I'm leaving work, either, you know, late in the evening or sometimes when I'm coming into work since I come in, you know, pretty much at the butt crack of dawn. So, yeah, one of the deer, man, wasn't so lucky, totally dead and you know what else is dead gonzaga basketball their undefeated national championship bid it came one game short so they pulled the 2007 patriots they looked unbeatable until they were beatable at the end i don't know if on saturday night their big you know their big epic win at the buzzer in overtime against ucla i don't know if that took every bit out of them but i don't think it was a matter of gonzaga not showing up oh Hold on. Had to put pause on the recording right there for a second. Had the the father FaceTiming in, so, you know, can't miss an opportunity to chit-chat with my dad here on an early morning. But like I was saying, that I don't think it was a matter of Gonzaga not showing up. Baylor just looked like the better team, and I think that if Baylor would play them, you know, nine times out of ten times, they, they probably would beat them. You know, they started off really hot. I was starting to make dinner as the the game tipped off and the next thing I know I looked out of the kitchen and it was like nine nothing Baylor and I was just like oh shit you know thinking it was just a hot start and they just never let up I think that by the time they were halfway through the first half they had like about a 19 point lead so Baylor basically made the game yesterday not even a game and it made you know I didn't even end up watching the rest of the game just because you know it was one of those things that unless Gonzaga could pull some crazy miracle off you know, or just like really, you know, flip the game on its head and Baylor really just let off the gas. There was really, I, I didn't see any way Gonzaga got back in the game and they didn't. So Baylor, you know, national champions, Gonzaga, it's going to be another year of them being a really great program, but no national championship. 
I think that I looked at the betting odds for next year. They look like they're the betting favorite to win the national title. But, you know, this is that's what, like 364 days from now. So this is probably the last time I'm going to talk about NCAA basketball for at least another 11 months. So, you know, if you want to you need updates on scouts and how teams are going to look like for the 2021 or 2022 season, this is not going to be the place because we are not going to pick this back up until it's time to pick our brackets again for the 2022 tournament. But let's move on to talking some football. Yesterday, during the workday, we got breaking news of a pretty significant trade that went down in the NFL. The New York Jets are sending their quarterback, Sam Darnold, down to Carolina. In exchange, they got a 2021 sixth-round draft pick and a 2022 fourth and second-round draft pick. So, you know, Sam Darnold, someone that he got drafted number three overall in 2018. You know, he's still a young guy. When he got drafted, he was only 21. And I think going into next season, he's going to be 24 years old. So, you know, that's he's still a young guy. But by, you know, in comparison to a lot of the other quarterbacks that were drafted with him in the 2018 draft class, you got, you know, Baker Mayfield, you got Josh Allen, you got Lamar Jackson. And Josh Rosen, you know, I think a lot of people keep always talking about Josh Rosen being the ugly duckling of that draft group. But, you know, Sam Darnold, I feel like some reason gets a pass, you know, almost like he's just as accomplished as the other guys. But I feel like he hasn't really lived up to, you know, the expectations of, you know, going into that draft. There was a lot of people thinking that Cleveland was going to go with Sam Darnold, number one, and that he would be the number one overall pick. But that didn't happen. And I feel like if anything... The things, the things that we, you know, Sam Darnold's NFL career is almost most famous for is him getting mono and him seeing ghosts. And when I'm talking about him seeing ghosts, there was that, you know, I think it was against the Patriots where they caught him on the sideline. I think it was Monday Night Football. And he was talking about, like, oh, I'm seeing ghosts out there. And I think a lot of people are speculating was that because the coverage and the secondary was really good and he was seeing, you know, not seeing defenders and stuff. And I guess there was clarification when Justin Herbert came on to Pat McAfee's show like a month or two ago, whenever he won the Rookie of the Year award. And he was explaining that seeing ghosts is more in terms of a quarterback feeling pressure. So seeing ghosts is like, you know, you've been getting blitzed all game and then you feel like you're getting pressured, but there was actually no one there blitzing you. So that's seeing ghosts. So I feel like, you know, Sam, Sam Darnold, that's kind of, you know, that's what I think about when I hear about it. It's like Sam, it's, it's seeing ghosts and missing a big chunk of, you know, a couple seasons ago with mono. So we'll have to see if that's the, you know, the upgrade that, you know, the Panthers want at quarterback. And I think a lot of people point that Sam Darnold, they, you know, he could potentially, you know, see, you know, see, I guess like a career, I wouldn't even say like reemergence because I don't even think he's really emerged at all. You know, a lot of people point to that he had Adam Gase as a coach for the past two years under, you know, as this three years at the Jets, he's experienced two coach firings and a general manager firing. So there's not much stability in that situation. So that could be one of the reasons why he hasn't hit the heights of, you know, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. So there's still potential that, you know, he could be 
you know, the next Ryan Tannehill. A lot of people keep pointing to Ryan Tannehill because, you know, a lot of people were thinking of him as a bust when he was with the Miami Dolphins. But as soon as he, you know, Adam Gase left and he went to the Tennessee Titans, complete career turnaround. And now he's considered, you know, a lot of people consider him a very solid quarterback. I think he's definitely a top 15 quarterback. He's not someone I would put in my top 10. But he's definitely a serviceable dude. You know, I would trust Ryan Tannehill more than, you know, someone like a Kirk Cousins or something. So we'll have to see because I think that for the Panthers, for this trade to work out in in any way, shape, or form, he has to get better than the Sam Darnold that we've seen over the past three years. I feel like Sam Darnold, he's not really a case of how good he's been. It's just a case of, like, he has the tools – he has the youth on his side. Now it's just a matter of, you know, can he get the proper coaching, which he obviously didn't get with the New York Jets. And there is, I guess, the promise of that in Carolina. You got Matt Rule and, <clears throat> sorry, whoo, and Joe Brady. And Joe Brady, he was, you know, known for being a top assistant coach down at LSU when Joe Burrow won the Heisman and LSU won the national title. So, you know, have going down to you know Carolina with great coaching he's got weapons galore you know you got Christian McCaffrey who's one of the probably the most versatile running back there is in the NFL right now you have DJ Moore who's one of the best young wide receivers in the league and then Robbie Anderson who's a great vertical threat and that he's familiar with because Robbie Anderson was his wideout for I think two years at New York so you know this I think you know could end up being a good deal I think it was a deal that the Jets you know, it was one of those like, why not? Because I feel like now at the number two overall pick with this draft, a lot of people are speculating that they're gonna he's, they're gonna go with Zach Wilson from BYU. And in my opinion, it's like Zach Wilson, who's a you know an unproven rookie, versus Sam Darnold, who you know is still young but hasn't really accomplished much. You know, if I'm the Jets, I feel like, hey, we got a new coach coming in. Let's just start fresh with something new, and then. You know, Darnold, he, you know, he's having a chance to start fresh with the Panthers. So I think that with the Jets, there really is a no-lose situation because you either keep Sam Darnold, which is some, you know, no one really blame you, or you make this trade, you get some draft capital for this year and next year, and you still get a young quarterback to really start over with. And, you know, with Carolina, I think, I think the main thing when I was – when you hear that is, as I had mentioned before, the only way that this is going to work out is if Sam Darnold develops and becomes better and kind of, you know, reaches kind of the next, you know, the next echelon of quarterback, you know, because their current quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't necessarily say that Sam Darnold as he is right now is better than Teddy Bridgewater. So I don't know if this is an immediate upgrade for Carolina. I think, you know, when a lot of the analysts, apparently think so but you know I'm not really sure I, I'm kind of someone who is kind of still somewhat high on Teddy Bridgewater but I, I and I, I still think he's a starting quarterback in the league but that's not looking like he's going to be a starting quarterback in Carolina any anytime you know or at least for the the future so interesting move I think only time will tell to see if you know this works out at least for Carolina and I think with you know New York I think they're only now the only concern with them is making sure that Zach Wilson doesn't become just the next like 
line of quarterbacks that's failed in New York. You know, you had Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith and Sam Darnold. And, you know, you just got to make sure, yeah, that, you know, Zach Wilson isn't going to be, isn't going to be one of those dudes. So other quarterback news that was kind of, you know, circulating the headlines yesterday and this morning, you know, obviously quarterback and football, you know, NFL, it's a quarterback league. And the quarterback I'm talking about now is Aaron Rodgers. You know, a lot of speculation has been going on around him. You know, when they got eliminated by the Buccaneers last year, he had some comments talking about his future being a beautiful mystery and how it's not into his control and everything. So a lot of people are speculating that, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to try to get out of Green Bay now? Is Aaron Rodgers not even happy with Green Bay? And as this offseason's gone on, we haven't really heard much from Aaron Rodgers. We just know that, you know, he was going to have a stint as the guest host of Jeopardy, which started last night on Monday, the April 5th. So, you know, check it out if you haven't looked at that. And, you know, the announcement that he was the league MVP and that he's also engaged to Shailene Woodley, the Hollywood actress. But, you know, and then, you know, we still haven't heard from him. And then there was also, you know, when they had the deadline to restructure his deal to try to be able to free up cap space to maybe possibly bring in more weapons and build green, you know, tools for Green Bay to be more successful this 2021 season. They didn't do that which, you know, all signs are pointing, you know, if they didn't do that, that's because they didn't want to have Aaron Rodgers, you know, dead money on the books for 2022 and 2023. So that's just, you know, writings on the wall that Green Bay, I don't think that they plan on having Aaron Rodgers around for very much longer. And when he went on Pat Mac, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee show yesterday, he kind of alluded to that he basically threw a wrench in the plans of the Green Bay Packers. You know, they, I think he, he, he basically is saying that they speculated that he was on the downside of his career. That's why they drafted Jordan Love and they were planning for life after Aaron Rodgers. And he felt like his primary concern going into last season was just to play his best football, which he says he did. And, you know, you can't argue against that. He was the league MVP, so he was definitely playing at the highest level. So he definitely threw a wrench in the plans of Green Bay if they were planning on maybe trying to get rid of him this year because there's no way Green Bay can get a, or, you know, it would be a PR nightmare, I guess, to get rid of the league MVP. And I don't even know why you would want to. There's, you know, I don't think there's very, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think there's very many people that are playing quarterback at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers right now. So it'll be interesting to see how this year plays out for the Packers, how this year plays out for Aaron Rodgers, and what Aaron Rodgers has, you know, moving forward in his career. You know, you look at some of the, you know, the great quarterbacks over the past 10, 15 years, like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Both of those guys had legendary careers in their first homes, but they, you know, put on different jerseys, you know, just like Brett Favre, just like Joe Montana. You know, it's very rare that quarterbacks or players stay in one place the entire their entire career. So I would not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers, if this upcoming season is Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay. So I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but I figured, you know what? I was pretty efficient with my time and got through my first couple topics with 
you know, I feel like time to spare. So the thing I want to talk about was the whole situation with Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport. So, you know, Michael Rappaport and Kevin Durant, they had some beef and I forget what it stemmed from, but you know, it, it led to Kevin Durant basically getting into Michael Rappaport's DMs and using a lot of, you know, derogatory language and calling him out for a fight and all this stuff. And, you know, Michael Rappaport, he's not really coming back with any more shit talking. He's just more like, you know, why aren't you spending more time with your community and all this stuff? And, you know, Kevin Durant's just, you know, using a lot of homophobic, you know, speech and stuff and, you know, a lot of languages that I'm not going to repeat on this podcast. So, you know, Kevin Durant has gotten some hot water over that because Michael Rappaport basically on his Twitter and Instagram put Kevin Durant on blast and showed all the instant messages, like all the DMs that were going on between him and all the shit talking. So that's kind of put Kevin Durant in hot water and he got fined $50,000. But the internet basically has come around and started, I don't know, attacking Michael Rappaport and, you know, calling him, you know, just almost like a snitch and just kind of a bitch and, and all this stuff because, you know, Michael Rappaport, if you don't really know him, he's a comedian, he's an actor, but, you know, one of his internet personas is that he goes on rants and he shit talks and, you know, he's a big guy from the Bronx and he, he likes to act tough. But one of the things that was pretty interesting yesterday is he, went on Skip Bayless's show on Fox Sports or Fox Sports 1 yesterday and was talking about how the internet is basically being so mean to him and that at his coffee shop that he goes to, they basically told him they're not going to serve him cupcake and that when he go, went to the dog park, that people that would normally play with him and his dog, they didn't even want to interact with him and, and he was crying and stuff. And it's just, man, kind of like with Paul Pierce going on Instagram and you know it was a bad look for him and he got fired when he had all those strippers on Instagram I was like ooh that's a bad look Paul Pierce that's not good it's like Michael Rappaport man for having this big bad guy from the Bronx persona and shit talking and going on rants then to come out and start crying that people are being too mean to you yeah man I, I think it might be time to hang it up from the internet and focus maybe strictly on your stand-up comedy and not just calling people out on social media and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was, it was one of those things where you kind of, I kind of like there was sympathy for Michael Rappaport, but it wasn't because he was getting teased. It was more just like, I felt bad for this guy that I think he bit off more than he could chew. And you know, the internet chewed him up and spat him out. You know, that's something that I'm pretty cognizant of on you know, while trying to develop a persona on the internet and getting this show up and going is that, you know, there's going to be people on the internet that are probably not going to like or agree with you. But if you're going to, you know, I feel like if I'm going to come out and start some shit or, you know, especially if I'm going to make a part of my persona, something as like a shit talker, I'm like, you can't back up and, you know, cry wolf when people, you know, I don't know, I guess like come back at you. So I don't know, Michael Rappaport, it'll be interesting to see how he, I guess, rebounds from this because, you know, up until I guess like these interactions and, you know, his failed lawsuit with Barstool and, and Dave Portnoy, you know, I've been a, you know, a, a moderate fan of him. You know, I would listen to his podcast anytime he had someone interesting or had an interesting topic on. But, you know, I feel like this whole thing and, and him crying on the show just, you know, wasn't the best look for him. And, yeah, it's kind of weird that, you know, I was able to compare him to a guy, Paul Pierce, who lost his job when 
he just kept posting Instagram live videos of him all fucked up with a bunch of strippers partying. You know, it's a bad look as well, but, you know, at least I don't think he's going to get made fun of as much for being a crybaby on Skip Bayless's show. So, yeah, I mean, that was something I wasn't really planning on talking. That was just something, you know, that was on my mind. I was like, you know what? I feel like a Cali Green Monster show can talk about a crybaby and a dude getting a little too down on his Instagram. So, you know, I think on today's show, I normally Tuesdays, I would review the falcon and the winter soldier i've done that for the first two episodes but full disclosure i haven't watched episode three yet so once i do i probably will talk about it so we can hold off on that i've watched godzilla and king kong versus king kong which is dope as fuck but i don't feel like uh it's worth a full review i would say if you like big monsters fighting each other or if you're a fan of the first pacific rim you should go check it out but i'll leave it at that i appreciate everyone that took the time to download this show and listen to it i appreciate anyone that takes the time to download and listen to any one of these shows if you enjoyed what you were listening to you know be a friend tell a friend and if you didn't like what you're listening to just pretend you didn't hear this and you could just move on with your day but until next time i am your host dean ryan coming to you from the tesla studios here in beautiful sunny san diego california have a great one guys peace